Welcome, friends, to Church of the Geek, a podcast where we examine the intersection of the comic and the divine, where the church van has a special moonroof and Conchu is in charge of the altar flower list. I'm Brian Bennett, Lutheran campus pastor at Psalm at Pitt, Carnegie Mellon, Chatham, and Carlo. And with me is my regular co-host, everyone's favorite, Fist of the Hospice Chaplain, Sam Blair. Okay, Fist of the Hospice Chaplain. That's that's an image. Yeah, that's, that's what I think about when I think about hospice chaplains. Is mighty fists pounding down on on the uh, the evil of society? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Wow, yes. you're doing you're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. I am not jumping from rooftop to rooftop, though. That's too bad. That would I be know. cool. That would be cool. It would be hard and painful at this point. I don't know. I don't know how Batman does it. By the way, yeah, as old as he is, he has a lot of painkillers. Right. So a lot. I understand why some of his costumes have like metal braces. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing holding them together anymore. Yep. Yep. Hey, big news on the church of the geek front. You, you're see Sam when I big news on church of the geek front. You're being oh, like, what's Oh, big, what's, what's the big news? Ah, there I, was, we go. I see, thought you were going to say, because yeah, I know what the big news is. So, well, I thought you would be like, Oh, what tell Brian, what is it? Okay. We gotta, well, we, we gotta get our, we gotta get synced better here. We need, okay. We need to get more excited. We need <laughs> to get synced. Okay. Whoosh. All right. All right. Hey, big news on Church of the Geek front here. Whoa, what is it? Oh, yeah. Tell us tell us some of that. Roll, roll us some of that beautiful beam footage there, Brian. Exactly. Uh, we ha- we're going to uh, change up our uh, format a little bit for our episodes, our uh, every other week episodes. We're going to try and cut them down. We're going to try and trim the fat. We're going to try and slice off the excess, the largesse out of our episodes. Which is mostly Brian going, uh, 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 but uh, we're also going to try and narrow it down to just like one topic and uh, uh, keep it really focused. Yeah, we we know as much as you like our rambling, we're not always the best at it. So we're trying to get it narrowed down, focused in and laser sharp focus. And uh, hopefully that will uh, make this a really good listening experience. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. And so mm-hmm. we're not always chasing the squirrels. We do want to talk a little bit today about there's a little new, also another little topic for us to explore gods in comics or gods in the MCU or gods in DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come up against these sort of areas, because I think there's some things for us to explore when comics throw in divine characters. Mm-hmm. MCU has handled Thor pretty easily. Yeah. They're just really super advanced beings. Yes. That gods are basically aliens. Yeah. Aliens that have a lot of technology. Yeah. Following the the old dictum, uh, very advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Right. Uh, essentially. Uh, that's how that works. So, and, and you could even say that Thanos was sort of like a godlike being in the, in the end of the, the last phase of the MCU with the power of the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Gems. Yes. But even that, it was godlike power given or bestowed by these objects that it wasn't necessarily something inherent or something that was beyond, you know, understanding. It was something that, oh, it's these things and... They give them incredible powers. Yeah, exactly. Near near limitless powers. So, right, and so right now the the big thing uh, is the Moon Knight series, and I think we have the first real deity. If Thor and Asgard and all of that are not mm-hmm. aren't gods, per right? Se, mm-hmm. That means uh, Khonshu 
uh, in Moon Knight is the first god. Right. Now it's not the only one in in the Marvel universe. Oh yeah, and there's a there's a ton in in comics and in DC and in comics in general. It's been why well, I went to the comic book store recently, and there's a few different series out now dealing with religious themes. And uh, you know, way way back in our podcast history, we did a Second Coming and talked about that and different ideas about representing God in comics. Right. I have a whole research project going on about I'm looking for all of the comics where uh, Jesus shows up. Mm-hmm. There's the new uh, Loaded Bible, Volume 2. I as, saw that. <laughs> as, oh, uh, folks, if if you are one who is very clearly like, that's blasphemy, don't don't get that. Don't get that comic. Just don't. You'll Everyone will be happier if you don't because, wow, it's yeah. something else. But uh, yeah. Anyway, but we're gonna talk about Conchu because it's a big part of Moon Knight, and so we're not mm-hmm. even really gonna talk so much about Moon Knight, the series. That'll come later when we sort of have the whole series in front of us. Mm-hmm. This is really about how do we handle gods? How do we? What do we do with gods? Um, and what's going on? So, particularly mm-hmm. in this case, we're gonna talk about Conchu. And like you say, con- that bringing Conchu in with Moon Knight now is interesting because prior to this, there hasn't really been any kind of a religious element in the MCU as broad as it is. Uh, So it's been, I think probably on the periphery at best, but now we're specifically bringing in a God from the Egyptian pantheon. It seems like that's how they're making it. It's they haven't tried to explain it away yet in terms of, it's going to be curious to see what direction they go. Is this Khonshu, the, god of the egyptian pantheon or is this an alien or some other kind of you know high-powered being or who knows is it something from the multiverse who knows you know that's, that's a really good point because i don't yeah. think we have we don't know that they won't at some point go or they, they won't pull back the curtain and say look he's just an advanced alien yeah but for now at least in terms of our understanding as as uh watchers and Mark Spector's, the current Moon Knight's perception, this is Khonshu, the ancient god of Egypt. So, Right, the part of the uh, Aeneid, mm-hmm. the nine god pantheon. I find it really fascinating because also it comes up against, particularly in the series, Khonshu is up against the avatar of uh, Amit, the mm-hmm. one who weighs uh, people's hearts at the, end of, at the end of life. Okay. So we have this conflict built in because, well, I don't want to get into why, but that's, that's, Mm -hmm. I will stop there. Um, (laughs) We'll talk about that at the end, but that there's conflict within, uh, within the Pantheon essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is, that's a very common uh, feature of a lot of like with the Greek and Roman gods, there was always drama within the Pantheon. Right. If there's a Pantheon, there is some kind of drama within it. And often that drama or the conflict within the Pantheon is meted out on the world below. So how much, how much of uh Khonshu have you encounter, you know, in the comics, how do you come at, how have you come at, uh, to Khonshu? See that and it's interesting because I've, I've been familiar with Moon Knight, but the character in the comics has always been sort of a peripheral figure. It's been one of those, Right. Characters that's always kind of been on the outskirts and sort of, I don't know if you want to call a third tier 
kind of hero, but is definitely one of kind of the weirder ones. Uh, so I didn't know all that much about Moon Knight. I've seen bits and pieces of of comics from here and there. He's, it's, he's been around for quite some time in the comics. Right. It's, it's a pretty old character. It's been interesting that in the, the Marvel pantheon, even the Moon Knight has gone back to the beginning of time. That's been, because it's been something that's kind of gone all through the MCU or not the MCU, but the Mar- the the six one six. I'll put it that way. The uh, the comic universe uh, that the the Conchu has been some way present all through that and working its working his way through different conflicts and so on. Sometimes re- retroactively, but uh, yeah. So it's something I didn't know a whole lot about Conchu. Mm-hmm. So it's been, and I think that's been interesting because I don't think most people who watch the series, you know, on the MCU probably know, know little about the character of Moon Knight and not know much more about Khonshu because of the Egyptian gods that you heard about probably last time in elementary school is not the one that you remember. You remember Ra and, other, you know, some of the other, you know, big ones. Isis. That, Isis that come up, you know, maybe that have been in other movies or other things that more more in popular culture in some way. I recently picked up the or added Moon Knight from the the current title that's out. If you say Moon Knight is a, a third tier, he still gets a his own title every once yeah. in a while. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And in this one, I will say the first few issues didn't do a whole lot for me, but then all of a sudden, Kanchu does play a part in that he Moon Knight takes someone into his mind. And basically turns him into a quivering pile of of, of jelly mm. uh, when he experiences the the vastness of stuff going on inside uh, his mind uh, with Conchu, and so you get this really big thing. But there was I did I just uh, reviewed like a one shot uh, that uh, was in the arc of of Moon Knight, which didn't, didn't actually have Moon Knight, but it talked had a great deal about Conchu, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was very good. Uh, it was like issue eight or something, I believe, maybe seven. And it wasn't Moon Knight. It was um, Dr. Badu, was, who's the other fist of, of Khonshu in this current iteration of comics. But that drove me back to uh, Jason Aaron's run in Avengers. Okay. Numbers 33 to 37 or maybe 38 called The Age of Khonshu. Massive thing in Khonshu, in order to protect humanity from the machinations of, of course, Mephisto, he sends Moon Knight to steal the powers of uh, Avengers uh, so that he can go and he can go and kill Mephisto and transform the world into uh, a whole new society. Uh, at one point, you're looking, I think, looking at New York City and its new Thebes uh, <laughs> and all. Uh, ultimately, uh, he, uh, Khonshu, loses control of Moon Knight because. Moon Knight becomes the fist of the Phoenix. And um, it was in the whole Enter the Phoenix saga. Okay. Uh, that he gets, to, and so basically exiles Conchu. And so that's where the current series sort of picks up in the aftermath of that. That is it. But the, the interesting part there, I think for me, was Conchu had a plan to save humanity. Mm-hmm. And then once that was sort of done, reworked sort of reality. So they continue fighting the various forces of Mephisto that would keep coming at them. Because even though he killed Mephisto, he didn't really, you know, kill Mephisto. Right. Yeah. 
because it's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. Yeah. We can't we can't even get the rumors of Mephisto to die in the MCU. Yeah. So So maybe you could fill me in on this because I one thing kind of my own reading about like the historical Egyptian god Khonshu. Yeah. And the MCU version is that the MCU version, the the head of Khonshu seems to be like an ibis skull. Is that it? Looks like that. Yes. Okay. And I was Spork, ibis. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was trying to. And in historically, I go. I I guess it was a, a hawk or a some sort of raptor. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I yeah, I I was wondering where that came from, or if it was just. A conscious choice because hey that looks kind of creepy and cool i think it was more it looks kind of creepy and cool all right, all right. i don't know that this is how i came across conchu in the in the marvel comics mm-hmm. so now we're seeing him in uh the uh mcu uh i don't i don't know a lot more of the history you know god of the mood god of time maybe mm-hmm. god of healing there is some healing mm-hmm. uh, possibility in that that was one of the things in that age of conchu arc <laughs> Moon Knight wields Mjolnir uh, and takes control of it over and against Thor mm-hmm. because he claims that the that the metal that the uh, Mjolnir was made of was metal that was forged under a moon, so it had moon energy in it. And, <laughs> I mean, it's, it was that's a stretch. It was both. <laughs> it's both a stretch and beautiful. It was really, yeah. it was really well done. Because then he takes it and he's able to he, after he steals it from Thor. He, that's how he kills Mephisto is he sends Mjolnir through Mephisto's chest. Ah. But, you know, so there's that whole notion of Khonshu being the god of uh, of the moon. But what does that mean? Right. Because mm-hmm. the uh, because the moon is a is a celestial body that changes. Yeah. Un- unlike the other celestial bodies that seem fixed in place, that seem completely constant and unchanging. Mm hmm the moon changes. And so I think you asked in our, in some of our stuff that we were going back and forth with what kind of God is Khonshu and where we have a very clear understanding of the God who raised Jesus from the dead. Let me put it that way to be really specific Yeah, uh, as unchanging and immutable constant in, in these attributes, God is love, you know, omniscient, mm. om, omnipresent. As it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Yeah. The same, same today, tomorrow and forever. Right. Like that's, that's a big part of that. But here, Kanju is something that, that is fluid. That when we talk about Kanju, Kanju is a, is a God that's fluid mm-hmm. in terms of what are those attributes? But because it's linked to the moon, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's interesting because it is linked to the moon. And even though the moon is variable, it's something that is predictable in its in its variability. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and it was probably, you know, one of the the earliest things that people, ancient peoples used along with the sun to mark time, mark the passage of days, mark seasons. It's the basis of uh, early calendars and, and and those sorts of things. We're sitting here in Holy Week and uh, Easter is days away. Clearly for us, Easter is still a based on the Jewish calendar, which was a lunar calendar because it moves around. There's not right. a fixed time in the solar calendar that it always pops up. So that's one of the ways we know that it was it was very early. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the life of the uh, in the life of the church, because 
they kept it based on the lunar calendar. Mm-hmm. We still know how to predict when Easter is going to show up. So, but at the same time, the the moon as one of those things in the heavens that does change and alter over time and is all often seen as something that uh, has an effect not only on the world but on people. That's where the word lunacy comes from. That's where you know lunacy and lunatic and there were. Uh, different conditions and different things that were considered to be affected by the moon, not just tides, but animals giving birth and things like that. And all of there are all these things that were impacted by the moon, by the phase of the moon and by certain characteristics that were going on at that per- at that certain time. We have bodily rhythms that are connected to the moon. We, it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. If you talk to any teacher or let's say emergency room physician or nurse they will tell you that when the full moon is out it's not a lie it gets weird when i when i worked in the geriatric psych ward at a hospital here in pittsburgh you knew exactly when the full moon was (laughs) that's so so fascinating yep well let's uh, so okay so so conchu has this weird variability and whatnot but so uh, how do you handle gods and comics? Mm-hmm. It's it's something that I think that it can be I I think that it can be handled respectfully. I think I understand gods and comics as the author trying to understand the nature of the universe and personify some part of that universe in some way. However, that happens, be it through an evil god, through a a being like Thor or a being like Thanos or a being like Mephisto. You know, some it's kind of going back in my mind to when you you know portraying a god in in comics or something like that. It's it's a way of trying to write out the the challenges of our of our world, the things that we're trying to struggle with and trying to understand and if we can picture it and picture it even like a person then maybe we can try and understand it better, even just an aspect of it, even even if it is just an aspect of it. Hmm. How about you? I will say I am I come out of the flavor of Christianity that doesn't get all wrapped up in notions of idolatry or anything by giving an image of another god that are in there, uh, or you know, in in various things, run into gods in places. My D and D character is a cleric who mm-hmm. follows a a God of the earth. And it's, it's one way to tell a story. And I think those are ways as much as, as much as gods sort of exist all up there away apart from humanity, it speaks to the human condition. There's something about human existence that is transcendent. And then there was mm-hmm. a way for us to engage that mm-hmm. uh, even, even uh, Jason Aaron, right. In writing this whole age of Conchu bit is interesting given his, his, he, he admits he's not a religious person grew up religious, but then, backed away from it. And so much of his writing is just so deeply connected to that. In the in the current Moon Knight title, uh, Mark Spector is Jewish, raised Jewish, and there's mm. a there's a bit in there about him. And so I I think it's it's an important part of human existence. And mm-hmm. how do we do that? And if they were if they put in things like, you know, Jesus showing up and talking to folks, many people would have a cow. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, okay, so we'll just mine other other deities. 
the other question that I or the other issue that I would have that I would want to be really careful with is that we don't badly misappropriate uh, folks' own gods and mm-hmm. and treat them in ways that are disrespectful and yeah, irreverent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm way more I'm way more lenient with treating my god irreverently, but that's weird, right? But yeah. I'm cool with that. But don't no 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 don't do. <laughs> Let's just not do irreverent stuff, except I'm reading the Loader Bible volume two, but that's a whole nother story. Well, it will be interesting to see how they handle Khonshu. Is is Khonshu really a deity mm-hmm. or is there something? Uh, are they going to just turn Khonshu into some sort of alien? Yeah, but they, they are kind of playing with things a bit more in the MCU. I mean, they they are now putting, you know, putting magic into the world, real magic and right. not just right. sort of magical technology, you know, right. with uh, the Multiverse of Madness, Scarlet Witch, th- there is actual magic in the MCU. And if there is actual magic in the MCU, what it, what else could there be? Can there be a spiritual plane of things? Can there be other aspects of life that are beyond just easily explained by material things or beyond sort of how they've been explained already, for lack of a better word? Right. We're seeing this broadening of the MCU, not just those core superheroes, lots of other stuff, and then magic and yeah, demons and because Mephisto's coming in, you know that, you know yeah. Mephisto's no, I every YouTube thing that I watch about Marvel and they're like Mephisto, no, no, okay, not Mephisto, Mephisto, yeah. no, not <laughs> Mephisto, Mephisto, not Mephisto, okay, the, but the the thing at the end though is going to be, it's all Mephisto, it's all Mephisto, it's Mephisto all the way down, yep. It'll be interesting to see if if they take attack of there are things that are unexplainable in the world. I think in in the right. past in the in the MCU everything has been explainable. Thor's a like you said Thor's an alien from an alien culture that has interplanetary travel and uh, their own understanding of the world based on based on that alien technology and culture. Yeah. But now that we're kind of venturing into territory where, you know, we're talking about chaos magic and things like that, things that are not easily explained. It'll be interesting to see kind of how things go. Agree. I agree. It's, it's interesting that it's also at the same time, like the Eternals brought in the Celestials, which were the creative force in, in the Mm -hmm. MCU. Okay. Well, if you have those things, why do you need gods? Right. Yeah. You know, so they're close to gods. What are they? How do we deal with those? But now we have a real God. Mm-hmm. Presum- presumably. Presumably. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be great. I, I, I'm I looking forward to how they handle it. And I hope I hope they just don't use the God as a hand wavy thing. Yeah. But I think we'll see lots of issues of um, what does devotion mean? Uh, and mm. basically in, in Christian parlance, what does discipleship look like? How do you follow your God? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that what does that mean? What are the ways that the that the service to a God impinges upon one's life? And I think we begin to mm-hmm. see that some of that reality. You know, we talk about uh, how do we bear the cross? Uh, what will that sort of look like for Stephen Grant or Mark Spector in the following of Khonshu? Yeah, I think that's an, a really interesting thing I'm looking at is how what is the relationship going to be between this God and his human? Because it doesn't seem like this God has a whole big interest in 
humanity. It's definitely more just a matter of this human at this point. Well, I think there is an interest in humanity through this human. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That this human does the things that Khonshu can't do. You are acting person. on my behalf in the world. Yes. Mark Spector is the avatar of Khonshu. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to watch. So yeah, looking forward to it. Been really interesting. All right. So Sam, other than Moon Knight, what are you geeking out about? I'm kind of geeking out about X-Men right now because it's a real interesting time now that Hickman's kind of wrapped up his his shtick. There's a whole lot of threads going out, um, different titles and things like that. I'm a little on the fence, but I'm also very interested to see where things go. Uh, the X-Men have expanded into the universe into a great to a great degree. And it's it's interesting to see Aurora now as the regent of Mars. And oh, I missed this. That, yeah, yeah. That's you're, so that's, you're my you're my ex guy because I I'm don't the know. Ex guy. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's it's interesting to see where where these things go. I'm hoping that they don't just kind of flit off into nowhere. Okay. But so that's kind of what I'm geeking out about right now. How about you? I will tell you what I am not geeking out about is Morbius. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you were a little bit. I haven't seen it. I wasn't all that excited to see it. All right, look, it's a superhero movie. I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. Oh, all right. But what I am geeking out about today, just today, I knew it's been coming. I didn't know when it was going to happen, but it went live today. A podcast that I've mentioned before, Old Gods of Appalachia. Oh, yeah. I, is that coming back on? Uh, season three started already, which okay. started off really well. However, they also, you're not, Sam, if you don't know this, be ready because you're going to yeah. lose it. They worked with uh, Monty Cook Games to create an Old Gods of Appalachia RPG. Oh. And the Kickstarter just went live today. Oh, nice. I had made a vow. I was not going to do any more Kickstarters. Because <laughs> I've, I've hit a couple recently and I was like, okay, I know I'm not. <sighs> and God just went, we'll see. <laughs> I think we'll it was. See. I'm pretty sure it was Mephisto. Yeah, no. And it's they use <laughs> uh, they use the Cypher system, which is the, the system that they used for Numenera. But it's very character focused, story driven. The way you create your character is very focused on uh, just this, like this three-part sentence that you write about your character and what that means, and and then and, you know, just, there's they don't have classes, but they have these four archetypes of so they like there's warrior and adept and you know a couple mm-hmm. other you know there's only four of them, and so you have those, and so it'll be really interesting to see how this all runs. Especially, but you can you can run it in Numenera. You can run it in um, in the Cipher system, which is uh, setting agnostic. So hmm. you can do a lot of different things about it. It looks very cool. I'm very excited. Super happy. Cool. So did you did you order it? I I uh, I, I did. Oh well, we may have to play that sometime. We might have to play that. Yeah, right. Because so oh, it's a very neat world. It's a great world, and you know, having served in West Virginia for eight years, like and and being in Appalachia, whew, just some great stuff going on there. So the if you've not listened to Old Gods of Appalachia, you can definitely check that out because the new season, season three, 
is uh, st- stands alone a little bit. And if there are some things that cross over, it's fine. You could go back and listen to them. The seasons aren't all that super long. Yeah, I just picked it up. I started listening last year. I just picked it up. It's it's not hard to catch up on or to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not like you have to, there's a big long backstory that you have to catch up on. You can kind of jump in and, and go with it where it is. You just get the sense of the world that, yeah. they're, building, that they're building. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. All right. That's it. I'll, I'll stop. Let's <laughs> talk another half hour about old gods of Appalachia. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Church of the Geek. Connect with us on Twitter at Geek Church or email us at geekchurch1. That's geekchurch, the number one, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you what you what you think about uh, gods in uh, comics, in the MCU, etc. Particularly Conchu. How do you, uh, how do you see that uh, figure? playing out in the series uh we're not worried about so much about the series yet but uh how do you handle gods in these uh, in this material yeah and let us know if you have a prayer request um mm-hmm. everyone uh please stay safe as we continue on through the pandemic trust in god wear a mask get vaccinated and boosted and as always geek be with you and also with you